You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. All right, let's go ahead and get started. How are you doing today, Bruce? Uh, everything's, you know, still going. Still going good. Yourself? I don't really have any complaints, man. It's hotter than 15 hells where I'm at today, right? It's hotter than a firecracker. But I, I actually had to turn the air conditioner on today. Can you believe it? it must be that man-made climate change. Well, I mean, hot for your area is um, fairly mild here. I'm not really too worried about it. But what's happening in the United States... I've seen some of the craziest stuff coming out of that country in the last couple of days, man. And we've talked about yeah. it a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, it's not been happy stuff. And it's been absolutely crazy. New York, right? New York is turning into, I don't know any of, of any other way to put it. It's turning into East Germany. That, that's what it is. You got checkpoints that are being established. You've got fines that are being threatened on people. I don't know if they've actually issued any yet. You've got contact tracers that are going to come around and henpeck the hell out of you, yet you're ignoring bums out in the streets. You're, you're ignoring people that are walking around, not social distancing, not wearing masks, doing drugs, having un, living in unsanitary conditions. I don't see how that's in the best interest of public health, do you? No I, I really don't. I, I really don't. But I, I really didn't want to key too much on... I, honestly, I wasn't planning on talking about New York today. I wasn't. But... The level of this, the, the level of this is just it, it's it's concerning. And I'll tell you why it's concerning, because this is exactly how it started in parts of Europe when you had the slow process of, well, building up a wall. Now, essentially, you've got checkpoints, right? There were checkpoints in the beginning before the wall went up. Then when the wall went up, you still had the checkpoints, but it became even more difficult. But it all started with checkpoints. It was just a simple open road, but there was a police checkpoint there. And if you deviated from anything, then you were given fines or you were taken into custody. You were held for questioning, that kind of stuff. And they're following along the same guidelines with this, aren't they? De Blasio's turned the NYPD, and I'm not blaming the average NYPD officer. The mayor up there has turned the NYPD into the Stasi. That's what it seems like anyway. So they set up a checkpoint on some of the major bridges going in and out of Manhattan. See, it's always small first. It's always small. It's always somewhere off the off the path somewhere. It's not quite, you know, but my couple of main roads and that's about it. But then it starts to ratchet up. So you've got Penn Station, right? Penn Station has a checkpoint. I'm sure the George Washington Bridge has a checkpoint. The Lincoln Tunnel has a checkpoint, things like that. And what is it? If you're from out of state, you're you're ordered quarantined or you're turned back. If you're from, what is it, like 32 states, I think it's, is what it's up to. Yes. I want to say 35, but yeah, somewhere 35. in that range. Yeah. Okay. It's in the 30s. Yeah. So de Blasio comes out and says that this is a law. This is a state law. No, this is not a state law. This is an order. I don't remember the New York State Legislature passing anything like this. Do you? I mean, that would have been news. That would have been followed along. It would have been the proposal. Actually, it should have gone to it should have gone to the proposal from the, the citizenry first or whatever group was going to sponsor it. You get the signatures, then you pass it on up the line. It gets proposed. It goes on the ballot and then people vote on it. That's typically how our system works. Just saying. Yeah, but but it, it, that that takes too long, right? We're oh, in the middle takes, of a pandemic. We, we yes, have to do course. something now. 
Of course, it's, it's we got to we got to act. We can, we don't have time to think. We've got to act because it's about public health, right? It's about public health. So I want to go to a clip of Mayor Bill de Blasio from New York City, and I want you to hear in his words how this is all being set up. Okay, Th- this is this is how it starts. This is how it starts. So starting today, we're going to do something new in New York City. We will have checkpoints at key entry points to the city. Travelers coming in from those states will be given information about the quarantine. They will be reminded that it is required, not optional. They'll be reminded that failure to quarantine is a violation of state law, and it comes with serious penalties. In fact, under certain circumstances, the fines can be as high as $10,000. Okay, so he said that they're going to be set up at key points throughout the city, key entry points throughout the city. And he says that people will be reminded they'll have to fill out the form, right? They got to fill out the little form, right? Isn't that what we talked about? The little form they got to fill out? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't have a choice. If you don't fill out the form, they'll charge you $2,000. That's if you don't fill out the form. And you're reminded that this is required. This is a law. No, this is not a law. This is an illegal order is what it is. Citizens could be fined up to $10,000. $10,000. So... I'm trying to figure out how they're going to enforce this. How are you going to enforce this? And I'd like to hear your take on this. How do you think they're going to enforce this? Are they going to escort someone to their hotel room? Which, by the way, you're going to take two weeks and go into New York. You're going to have to be under quarantine for 14 days. So you're going to have to take two weeks in a hotel and then you come out at the end of that two weeks. You do whatever business you need to do and then you leave. But if you deviate from any of that, then you're charged $10,000. Is that per offense? Is that one time? And how do you enforce that? Do you put an armed guard outside someone's door? Do you put a guy with a ticket book outside of someone's door to their hotel room? So how do you enforce this? First of all, it's illegal. Okay, that's the first thing. It violates every aspect of any type of U.S. constitutional right you might have. Okay, there's no Fourth Amendment. There's no Article Article 9, right? Free free movement of people. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. Or Article 4. Whatever the uh, or yeah, Article Four, Article Nine, Commerce Clause is yes. pretty much out the window. Fourth Amendment's yep. out the window. I'll tell you exactly what this is. This is papers, please. That's what this is. Yep. The Fourth Amendment guarantees every American the birthright to be secure in your papers, persons, and effects. And any law enforcement agency, and upon doing so, shall obtain this through a warrant, through a magistrate, or whatever. I'm paraphrasing because I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's along those lines. Anyone can go and look that up. I've actually got it right here. I just don't have the time to look it up at the moment. But nonetheless, you get the idea. This throws it out the window. So why don't we just put the TSA out there, right? They're already there, right? They're a national security force. Why don't we just put the TSA out there on bridges? Put them at Penn Station. Put them at the tunnels. Why don't we just do that? So how do you enforce this? It's bad enough that they're doing it to start with, but how do they enforce it? What do you think, Bruce? How do they enforce this? So there's not really a way for them to enforce this. Uh, legitimately, it's going to take way too much manpower. You think traffic's bad now. Uh, Traffic's going to be terrible because you're going to get backed up. If you visit, right, you're going to have to show your papers, as you were saying. You have to explain where you're going, where you're coming from, so on and so forth. So if that's the case, that means you're going to have to have a large amount of people vetting all these visitors, guests to your state, which, um, by the way, Regulating whether or not people can come into your state. Yeah, that's not constitutional. Uh, There's free travel. You you can't stop 
people from coming into your state, fining them for not filling out paperwork, saying where they're going or coming from or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's illegal. And then forcing them to pay a $10,000 fine for refusing to quarantine. Uh, also illegal. I, I don't care if your state passed a law saying that it has to do that. If you went through the legitimate process of passing it, it, it still is illegal. You cannot do it. It violates the Constitution. I'm sorry, does not work. So I honestly, I, I don't know how they're going to enforce this. Uh, is law enforcement going to jump on board with this and try to do this? Or are they going to use TSA like you were saying? I mean, they could. You know, people aren't flying right now, right? So what else do they have to do? I don't know how they're going to enforce it without National Guard or something, you know, armed guards and, and the threat of, of um, physical violence, uh, whether they, you know, if they don't comply. They just want citizens to obey. That's all it comes down to. They just want people to do what they're told and keep their mouths shut. That's what they want. It's not a matter of you being responsible, you being an individual, you being a a self-governed person, being able to make the right decision for yourself. It's about them telling you what to do and how to live. And it's about them using the enforcement of the state at their disposal to oppress you. That's what it is. And if they can get away with bullying people that try to go to the state from other places, then they'll take that too. So what's it going to be next? You get special passes. You're going to get special passes to go through because I think that'll come next. But you bring up an interesting point there. Could they send people around? Could they send you know, National Guard? Because it's a, it's a logistical nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, like, what are you going to do? Like, you would have to vet every single person coming into your city. Every single one of them. It doesn't matter if they're a resident or not a resident. You would have to look at their papers, please. Exactly as you said, everyone would have to show paperwork if you're wanting to to actually mandate this. Unless this is a scare tactic and just trying to flaunt your power and authority and say, you know, threaten people with this so they, that they will capitulate. I, unless that's the goal, you're not <laughs> you're not going to get anything done with this contact tracers maybe how about that maybe i don't know how quick those are because you could end up visiting and then out of the city before you get contacted by a contact tracer so i i don't really know the efficiency of 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 that um necessarily well i think they're going to try it and the reason i say is because we've got audio here of one of the uh the new york city public health department twerps, right? I don't know of another way to describe him because that's exactly what he sounds like and he looks like it too. So let's listen to what he has to say about how they're going to do contact tracing. Tomorrow, we're going to be deploying teams to Penn Station to stop travelers to ensure that they've completed the travel form. We've made more than 86,000 phone calls to travelers coming into New York City from the designated high-risk states, and we've sent more than 20,000 text messages to date. And if we can't get through to you on the phone, we've deployed teams that are now knocking on your door to check in with you. So the state is now going to badger you on the telephone. They're going to hammer you with text messages. And if you say drop dead, they're going to come and they're going to bash on your door. That's what they're going to do. My question to this is, do they come into your house next? Because that's where it goes, by the way. I, I can't I can't emphasize enough. I can't emphasize enough how dire it is at this point for people to understand what is happening. And if people don't wake up to this, I don't want to sound cold hearted here and say that we kind of deserve everything we get. But we do. We had 500,000 people leave the city of New York, right? 500,000 people left. A lot of those were 
higher dollar, higher earners, business owners, the wealthy, the Upper East Side type, right? A lot of them left. And uh, Governor uh, Governor Cuomo up there, right? He begged him to come back. But I don't think they're coming back. I wouldn't come back. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. The terrible thing about this is, is where this goes, okay? Where, where this goes. Historically, where this goes, this is not the road we want to go down, I can assure you. Because you've got out-of-control people in the state and local governments, which we'll talk about Los Angeles here in just a few minutes, but sticking with New York here, where this goes is not good. And let me explain. This is not going to be an easy road either way, right? We're in a catch-22 any way you look at it. We're six to one, half a dozen to the other, rocking a hard place, however you want to put it, okay? So this is not going to be an easy fight. When I say this is not going to be an easy fight, let me explain. And I'm going to step away from New York here for just a second, but we'll come back to it. The reason I say that this is not an easy fight is because what did we talk on yesterday? We talked solutions to society's problems and things like that. We need actual solutions in society. We don't need more problems. So when the people come together of all walks of life, be it right or left or middle of the road, it doesn't matter. When people come together and we push back on an authoritarian government, then that sends a message to them. That sends a message that, hey, we don't have confidence in you any longer. We don't like your policies. You're not listening to us. That's what people say when they go out and protest, peacefully protest, not this riot nonsense you're seeing out in the West Coast and on the East Coast, for that matter. We talked about the the protest in Berlin. You had what looked like to us around half a million people marching down to the nation's capital building, right? The Bundestag, which is essentially in the U.S. That's comparable to like our Congress, right? It's where the politicians get together and they meet and they talk about policy and they all sit in their parliament and they talk about their you know, roundtable discussions and argue points and this and that. And they vote on things. I've been there. I've seen them do it. Right across the street from that building is the Brandenburg Gate. Everyone knows, you might not know it by that name, but everyone knows what that is. That's the that's the big rectangular structure with the columns on it. You had a half a million people march down to that area of town. When you've got that amount of people that show up to a national government and they're telling that government in one unified message, we don't want your policy anymore. We're tired of it. We have work to do. You're ruining everything in society that we've worked for, that we're building. What is your problem? Governments don't like that. When you show a presence to a government as a people in the form of a peaceful mass movement, such as a protest. This is why we have the right to assembly. This is why it's so critical. Going back 230 years ago, the founders knew. They knew. That's why it's the First Amendment, not the Tenth. They knew that it was the most important, that your voices be heard. So when you voice to a government that you are redressing them for grievances, yeah, you've got grievances. Oh, and people all across the Western world, we got grievances. We've got grievances of incompetence in government. We've got grievances of mismanagement in government. We've got grievances of false science. We've got grievances of health policy that's out of control based on false science. It's wrecked our economies. So when you show up and you tell the government as a unified voice that you're dissatisfied with them, they don't like that. And more than that, it scares them. It scares them very much. The protest in Virginia, you remember the gun rally, Bruce? 30,000 people? Yep. That right there, just that in and of itself, just that one event, that scared the hell out of the elite. That scared the hell out of them. Do I have to tell you what we got after that? We got COVID after that, didn't we? <laughs> 500,000 people marched at the state capitol in Germany two days ago, three days. Well, actually, it was last, last weekend. Last weekend, they did this. A few days have gone by. Now, if you're not, uh, pay attention very carefully to what I'm about to say. If you're not an American citizen living overseas, then you're not going to get this information that I'm about to give you. I got an email this morning from the U.S. State Department asking 
every recipient of the email to, and it's from them, you know, it's, it's actually from them, it's from their .gov address, asking every recipient of the email to share it with other U.S. citizens. And it's an updated travel advisory, just a travel advisory, right? And mind you, Germany's had one of the lowest COVID-19 numbers in the world, death rates, infections, you name it, one of the lowest in the world. Top three, reconsider travel to Germany due to COVID-19. Now, why would you reconsider travel to Germany due to COVID-19? This is one of the top countries in the world that's had the lowest number of deaths and the lowest number of cases. Why would you reconsider coming here? Added to the fact they're not going to let you in at the moment. But why would the U.S. State Department be telling you not to come here? Exercise extreme caution in Germany due to terrorism. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Why would you be looking at terrorism in the middle of a pandemic? The CDC has issued a level three travel health notice for Germany due to COVID-19. Why would you issue that warning if, again, the numbers are that low? Terrorist groups continue plotting possible attacks in Germany. Huh. Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Terrorists may attack with little or no warning. Right. OK, fair enough. Targeting tourist locations, transportation hubs, markets, shopping malls, local government facilities, hotels, clubs, restaurants, places of worship, parks, major sporting and cultural events, educational institutions, airports, and other public areas. Now, explain to me why they would send out that kind of a warning. You put a half a million people in the streets. I don't care what country it is. You put a half a million people in the streets. That says to the government from the people, we don't have confidence in you any longer. That's their voice saying in one message, get it together. So if a government is being told by its people that it doesn't have confidence, if they don't have confidence in that government, well, then what's a government going to do? They're going to restore confidence. They're going to make themselves relevant again. They're going to regain the credibility of the people. And I'm not talking about one country here. I'm talking about any country. We've been saying it for weeks now. It's common. The UK government have been drilling for three weeks about possible terrorist actions. Why would they be drilling for three weeks? Because they know that governments are losing credibility and they're losing it fast. COVID's falling apart. The whole narrative's falling apart. They've got to do something to regain the trust of people. So they're going back to every trick they got in the book. There's also a possibility of Antifa and BLM. That's their next step. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. That, I'm not discounting that at all. Not discounting that at all. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen, as we've seen, that it's who that enables that. What policies are put in place that enable those groups to operate from the bottom up? It's the top down, bottom up pressure. So you have state and local officials that endorse those types of protests, right? I'm doing the quotes. And so what? Their policies enable them. They allow them to operate. Don't think for one minute that if the Democrats opposed Antifa or BLM, they wouldn't be shut down tomorrow morning. Don't think that for one minute because they would be. You know they would be. But what bothers me the most is I half think that the Republicans actually want them to, to continue too. Because they think it'll scare people into voting for the Republican Party. That's just what goes on in the back of my head. But nonetheless, the warnings you get like that, this is, like I said, this is going to be a long fight. And it's going to have to be done peacefully. Peacefully. That's key here is peacefully. Protests are peaceful. Riots are violent. This is exactly why the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States specifically says the right to peaceably assemble to ask for your government for a redress of grievances. Well, we got grievances. And I can see the writing on the wall. I've seen how these people operate. I, I, I've looked at what they do and we've seen what they've done in the past. And, and I just see the agenda unfolding. And so one thing doesn't work with them. So they go to something else. 
and it's a constant flailing, right? This is the end game. They're flailing. They're going to do everything they can to keep themselves relevant, to try and maintain. That's all they know how to do. This is why we talked yesterday about societal solutions, because we need solutions. We don't need more problems. I want solutions. We, the people, want solutions. You want solutions, don't you? Bruce, you want solutions, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, true solutions, not... Uh, yeah, real ones. Not, yeah, not go out and just get everybody drunk or stoned or whatever and just capitulate to the government. But yeah. Uh-huh. I see the agenda being played out. It doesn't surprise me, but people it's need fun, to be mindful. It? What's? It's not fun. It's not fun. It's really sad, to be fair, because mm-hmm. we, the people, mm-hmm. are being used as pawns. Actually, I had someone tell me the other day that they're tired of being used as a pawn in this game. And that's what we're being played as. We're being used as pawns in this game. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I want people to be left alone. It's that simple. But they're not going to leave us alone. They are not going to leave us alone. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. They're not going to leave you alone. I'm sorry I went off on that tangent, but I thought that was extremely important and I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to skip over it. I'm a strong proponent of mind your own business. So, you know, I, I, I... I, I look at that as a uh, the government should mind their own business. They should. They should. And to be honest with you, Bruce, I appreciate you saying mind your own business. But I mean, you know, it doesn't mean I wouldn't have you over for a barbecue. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It's it's a don't invade my privacy. Don't invade, you know, my space. We I, I choose to, you know, interact and invite and, you, you know, don't don't be a nosy. Uh, is basically what it is. And the government is very, very nosy. They like to grab as much power and, you know, knowledge is power, as they say. So the government likes to have as much information on you as it can possibly get, because there is how many different laws on the books? Uh, you know, was it like 50,000 at least or something crazy? I mean, like that's about a 49 of laws on the book. It's about 49,000 too many is what it is. Exactly. I mean, we don't need that many laws. The problem is, is they have so many, the more information they have on you, they can get you on anything. Like you could break a law right now. The, the stuff we're talking about could be breaking a law. Like, we don't know that old, do you know that old saying that yeah, that's true? I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but do, do you know that old saying the FBI can indict a ham sandwich? Yeah, they really can. That That's, that's true. I mean, so this is why the argument that they say, oh, I've got nothing to hide. You know, they, they, they can search all they want. That is an absolutely horrible argument. Well, I've got nothing to hide. So it's OK for the government to come in and search. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You mean the constitutional right, you know, that mandates government has to have a warrant to go in and search your private effects and, and papers and whatnot? You're OK with them violating your constitutional rights and just, you know, going through your stuff willy nilly, whenever they choose. And then they could find anything they want in there based on the the 50,000 laws they have. And who decides what's right? Yeah. So and not only that, but nowadays, because things are digital and we have deep fakes and we have uh, the possibility of altering data so easily, who's to say they won't implant something in there, you know, or or drum up some evidence because you spoke against the government or you spoke against COVID-19 or you spoke against Fauci. It's coming. We're, we're already kind of seeing that the rumblings of that going on, at least in social media. They don't have to even drum anything up. They just say, oh, well, you spoke against Fauci. You're, you're saying something that doesn't fit the narrative. So you're banned. I mean, look at the president. He had um, one of his Facebook posts and Twitter posts. He, he did a video for the campaign. And basically it was saying that children are effectively like immune to it, to COVID-19. Oh, yes. They they're got they're, they're more or less. 
and it was banned because they were like, well, it violates our community standards or whatever. Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, it just okay. Platform status gone. Okay, you're 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 an editor now. I really hope they keep messing with the president like this, and the president gets pissed off, and he just starts removing those protections. Because at this point, you know, I was for you guys having the protections in the beginning. Like, you know, it's cool. I don't I don't want you to get frivolous, you know, lawsuits over stupid stuff of content from other people when you have no control of the content itself, right? You're not publishing it, so you shouldn't be responsible. It should be the person that's posting it. But at this point. I'm sorry, you guys are you guys are being editors. Open it up. Just have fun, you know. Enjoy the lawsuits. So, uh let's uh let, let's circle back around to New York. <laughs> Governor Cuomo He's wonderful, done, isn't he? He yeah, he's great, isn't he? He's he's just mm, he's so mm. he I, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't want to talk the guy up too much, but it's quite possible he could be one of the best governors in the country. It's possible. Right? Yeah. Is is he running for president? You know, if the people want it, yeah. If the people want it, then I don't see how they could keep him <laughs> off that ticket. I can't keep a straight face trying to talk about that. The guy is horrible. Ugh. Anyway. Well, uh, wait till you hear what he had to say. Do, do you remember we talked about him the other day and we, we stated his quotes, but to hear him say it, to hear him say it is just... It's next level. All the rich people as we. Oh, yeah. All the rich people, as we talked about, left New York City. Right. All the rich people left because, look, the the Upper East Side's a mess. It's a mess. Crime is up. Right. Crime is seen in the Upper East Side. Right. The 19th precinct up there in New York City, the Upper East Side. That's where all the money is. The ones that live in their uh, uh, their uh, multi-million dollar places right next to uh, Central Park. Yeah, that place. Crime is up. 250% robberies specifically. You think rich people like having their stuff taken and being robbed and mugged at gunpoint and knife point? I don't think so. I don't think so. They're going to leave. Do you think anybody likes that? Well, now nobody likes that, but some people put up with it. But the people that have the means as far as finances to get out, they leave. Mm -hmm. And that's what they've done. So now Cuomo is, well, essentially he's on his knees. (laughs) Isn't that what it is? He's essentially on his knees. He's begging. Begging. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's begging. Right now, I want you to hear this. Right? I, you you got to hear this. Right now, take a listen to this. We used to be worried millionaires tax people might leave. No, no, no. The burden shifted. We're trying to get people to come back. I literally talk to people all day long who are now in the Hamptons house, who also lived here, or in their Hudson Valley house, or in their Connecticut weekend house, and I say, you got to come back. When are you coming back? We'll go to dinner, I'll buy you a drink, come over, I'll cook. They're not coming back right now. I almost I almost want to laugh at that. He's he's literally he might as well just be out there on his knees. He's calling him up on the phone. He's telling him, you got to come back. You got to come back. Your policies, de Blasio's policies, you ran them out of the city. You're running them out of the state. What 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 did we learn from this? And I'm I'm directing this towards the uh, the the mayor and the governor. Did uh, do you do you guys learn anything from this experience? He's taxing the living hell out of these people. That's the first problem. Okay, that's problem number one. Uh-huh. So they're looking to leave regardless. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, crime's up. Okay, the city is being ransacked. Lawlessness is out of control. You're cutting a billion from the NYPD. You got checkpoints you're setting up in the city, and you're asking them to come back. You're bribing them with dinner. Where are you going to take them? You ordered all the restaurants closed. You're going to offer them a drink? The bars are closed, remember? Oh, oh, that's right. You're going to cook for them, right? You're, you're going to, well, you're going to invite them to your house and you're, you're going to cook for them. What are you going to have for them? 
Well, they can't do that. You, you can't have people over. Uh, they're not a part of your family. They're not a part of your immediate circle, so they can't be That's there. That's right. Well, you can't yeah, do they that. could they could shut the water and electricity off, right? That I mean, that's the right. danger yeah. of doing that. Yeah. So you you can't do that. You say, okay, well, that's just that's crazy. That's going too far. Shutting off water and electricity. You going to shut off water and electricity to a residence? No. Why would you do that? Well, the Los Angeles mayor. You go about three thousand miles in the other direction. The Los Angeles mayor is doing exactly that. Places that have large gatherings, right? Large parties that violate health orders. Mayor Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles announced Wednesday that he will authorize the city to shut off water and power services to residents who hold such gatherings. You're going to turn off people's water and electricity to their houses if they have people over. There is a term for this. It's called siege. And not only that, but if if I'm someone that's throwing a party and I'm, I'm defying the orders, they shut off the water and electricity to the place, I'm going to continue throwing parties. That's not going to stop it. If, if I'm one of those people that, that's come to that point, then I'm going to I'm going to keep doing it. And, you know, I, I mean, I might uh, plug into the neighbor's house or I might you know, get a generator or something. Uh, there's other means of, of providing yourself with electricity or for that matter, just have a barbecue outside. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not going to stop anything. It's not going to do anything. It's just it's just kind of like a a flex. It's a, you know, it's a scare tactic. Uh, yeah. He has said that these large house parties have essentially become nightclubs in the hills. Mm. They often happen at homes that are vacant or used for short term rentals. The consequences of these large parties ripple far beyond just those parties. Yes. Why? Because you're a health expert. You're listening to those bumbling fools you got in there that have wrecked the city. They ripple throughout the entire community because the virus can quickly and easily spread. Well, what if they're all just wearing masks and they're social distancing? Can they still have people over? Is that possible? I mean, you're following guidelines, right? There's something that stuck out to me there, though. It says short-term rentals. Yes. That's that's like an Airbnb, for example. So you're saying that if I had if I had someone over, you know, rented out to them at, at an Airbnb and they threw a party and then the next tenants come in, they won't have water or power. Well, see, Bruce, I'm sure that you could appeal to the uh, the city city government, and I'm sure that they would be happy to hear your case and your argument. Uh, and I'm sure that there would be just you know small fine or something, and everyone could just go about their merry way. Yeah, there'd be a big ass lawsuit. That's and I'd just, be suing yeah. the city for millions. But you as know. you should, as you should. I don't know if they understand that that when you start going strong and heavy handed against the American people, they're going to come back equally as strong. We're we're a rebellious people. When, when you start hitting us with this kind of stuff, you know, let's say I would fight the, the you know, in court, right? Let, let's say um, you you do this and, and, and you're going to charge me a fine. Okay, because you've gone to the level of getting rid of a public utility, right? A, a, a In some cases, a vital utility, because you got rid of that. Well, water is vital for exercising my rights, by the way, might I add, or my renter's rights. And you're going to try to chart. Okay, I'm going to come at you with as heavy a hand as you're coming at me. And I'm going to file. It's not just going to be a little lawsuit. I'm going to do something absolutely absurd because you know what? F you. Uh, that that that's that's what Americans you know that that's some Americans' thoughts and you know I I just this is this is going to bite him in the ass. Oh, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. He's also said, excuse me, uh, the the city's health department has come out and issued a statement. They have said, in addition to this, right, in addition to the residents' violations, okay, they're going to be looking at other 
instances involving businesses. This is the quote. Beginning at the end of August. Okay, so three weeks from now, three weeks from now, if it's so dire, why not do it now? You see, it's not about a pandemic. Anyone that still thinks that, I don't know what to tell you. If you can't see through this at this point, I, I really don't know what to say to you. Beginning at the end of August, fines will be issued to businesses that are non-compliant that can range from $100 for the first offense to $500 and a 30-day permit suspension for multiple offenses. This includes businesses licensed and permitted by the department and those that are not. Los Angeles wait, wait, wait. itself. It, yeah, go ahead. Oh, licenses that they issued and licenses that they did not issue, they're going to is that is that what is that what it says there? Basically, they're like, talking about if, they're, they're talking essentially about um, anything that violates health orders for businesses, but they're not going to enforce it now. They're going to enforce it at the end of the month. So let me put it into, into context here. L.A. right says they're going to crack down hard on businesses potentially in violation, potentially keyword there, potentially in violation of the city's public health restrictions. So they were talking about they're referencing July 23rd, a July 23rd outline of the city's actions. Right. They released this. This included shutting down 26 restaurants, a grocery store, a pool and 67 other businesses for health order violations. <laughs> So the but the suspension itself of their licensing, um, mm -hmm. the licenses that they issued and the licenses that were issued by another department, they're going to basically basically that that is what it sounds like. Is that they're, they're pretty vague. Okay. But to me, uh -huh. it's the city of Los Angeles, right? They're they're insane out there. No disrespect to anyone that lives in L.A., but they're insane out there. The city government people. So they will twist and turn this however they want. So if they feel no, as I'm, though. I, I can't agree there. I, I have to. Sorry, I, I have to interrupt with that part. Um, no, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to have to blame the L.A. people, the residents, because you're the ones that elected these officials. You're the ones that put them in power. You're the ones that have to get them out of power. So, you, you, no, this is just as much your fault as it is the government's fault for doing this. You voted them in. If, if you don't like this, if you want this to change, vote them out. But anyway, I mean, there there could be an element okay. of voter fraud right. and, you know, that kind right. of stuff. But well, yeah, I mean, if I, I've know. talked to people. I, I've talked to people in these cities. Right. I've talked to people in these cities. I'm, I'm talking about blue cities. Right. I've talked to people in those cities. And every time I talk to somebody from one of those cities, they're like, yeah, that mayor's an idiot. Well, how does he get in there then? Or how yeah. does she get in there? It, whoever it is, whether it's a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. But how do they get in there? So they're talking now about fines for not wearing masks, which L.A. doesn't have that yet, which I'm sure they're going to look into that. So they're going to look at other jurisdictions in Southern California for inspiration, of course. In Beverly Hills, not wearing a mask will cost you $100 for the first offense, $200 for the second offense, and $500 for the third. This is kind of what we saw in uh, in Miami. Same thing, right? It's a $100 fine. In Costa Mesa, Manhattan Beach, and Santa Monica, first offenses for not wearing a mask will cost you $100. It's $300 in West Hollywood. And the highest is in Glendale at $400 for the first offense, $1,000 for a second offense, and $2,000 for a third offense. And they're saying that mask fines are gaining popularity outside of California. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner on Monday announced the city will slap $250 fines on people going maskless in his city. Right? His, see, it's his city. 
It's not the people's city. It's his city. And the entire state of New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's his city. And the entire state of New Mexico is subject to a $100 fine for not wearing a mask, something the New Mexico Supreme Court upheld just this week. And D.C. is now doling out up to $1,000 fines. And, you know, the new talking point on CNN with Fauci is, well, we might have to wear a mask all the time now, all the time, Mm -hmm. even in our houses. and, And it's going to be permanent. People have their breaking points. People have their breaking points. The cracks are already showing. They're just they've got their little lapdog media around the world, keeping it hush hush as much as possible. But you're not going to be able to do it forever. I want to I want to know something here. Uh huh. Why is it as the American people, you know, the, these these rights that we're supposed to have, you know, peacefully symbol, freedom of speech, you know, all these things that's uh, supposed to be uh, inalienable. Right. You, you can't you can't have those violated by government. Right. Correct. OK. So why is it on private property, might I add, the government is telling you you cannot peacefully assemble. You cannot have guests over or whatever on your private property. You can't throw a party on your property. Um, since when um, since when was this OK? Since when are the American people so complicit, so spineless? That they're just willing, okay, yeah, you're right, government. We shouldn't have these people over. Hello, where's the protest in the streets saying, uh, no, Mayor, you don't get to do this. Sorry. Screw you. Where, where's the people? Where is, you know, it was okay for them to go out there and have the, you know, political speeches at the the funeral for, um, what, what's his name? That just died oh, recently. Obama John Lewis. was there. Oh, for crying Lewis, out yes. loud. Did you see that garbage? It was, yeah. It was okay that they were there doing that, not not socially distancing, might I add. It's okay that for them, the elite, to do that. But for you to have as as the peasant, as the nobody here in the the US, you're not allowed to go off and have a funeral where hundreds of people show up and don't socially distance, some of which weren't even wearing masks. You can't do that. You can't have a party. You can't do any of these things, which are your rights. What the hell are we doing? Where are the protests for that? Instead, we have these riots, which are out there rioting BS issues, saying our government is or, or, or our police are brutal and racist and not you know all this nonsense. When you look at the statistics, police aren't brutal. The, the police are the ones that are being targeted. Police die at 16 to 18 times more. Uh, they're more likely to be killed or assaulted than anyone in, in the U.S., combined, like any group, it doesn't matter. Like they're like 16 to 18 times more likely. So why is it we're, we're assaulting them? And that's okay. But for you to have your rights, where is the American people on this? You, It's it, it just, it, it boggles my mind that we're okay with these lockdowns, that we're okay with the government telling us that you cannot have your, your constitutional rights. You cannot do it because you're not mature enough to make your own decisions on your own. It just it it it, it, it just baffles me. I, I do not understand where the, where the people are and standing up to the to these these governors and these these dictators. I, I, I don't get it. You bring up some interesting points there. And, you know, that's, that's a question we've been asking for quite some time here now. Where are the American people? Where's the fighting spirit? Where's the pushback saying we're not going along with this? They're not going to stop. It's that simple. I hate to be the one to break that to you, but they're not going to stop. I keep telling you, they will never admit fault. They're always going to double down. And they're going to double down again and again and again and again until people push back. 
And when you push back, they're going to push back harder. When we push back on the on the lockdowns the first time, what do we get? Mm. We got our neighborhoods torched. We got our businesses burned and looted. That's what happened. That's their counter to that. This is not going to be an easy fight. The two points you brought up are why are we allowing them to do this? And what gives them the right to do this? Well, a couple of things, as much as I hate to admit this. They're doing this for two reasons. One, and to each uh, to address each point you brought up there, they're doing it in the name of public health. And I, I know we kind of we laugh at that at this point and we kind of gawk at it and all that stuff. OK, fine. But the reason that they can do this in the name of public health is because the powers under a, quote, state of emergency allow them to do it. Now, does that make it right? No. No, it doesn't. Most certainly not. It, it, it most certainly does not. It does not make it right. And the bigger issue to that is, OK, well, if they're doing it, they're doing it because there is no pushback. You ask, where are the American people? I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself that same question every day. Every day I'm asking that. The one time we did show up and we showed up at court or at state houses and I almost said courthouse. We show up at state houses and we show up at, at uh, city halls. Well, we saw what happened as a result of that. Right. The riots. That's the state pushing mm-hmm. back. That's the authoritarian state pushing back. That's the compromised people that are within our government that are pushing back. So that's their response to it. And now we have no counter to that. We have no counter to that. Our counter is to be back out there against this, which, by the way, they cut off the 600 a week. So let's see where that goes. But they're taking that power because they can, mm-hmm. because there is no resistance. There is no pushback. There is no response from we the people. So they're doubling down. Does that answer your question? Uh, I mean, it, it was I, I did understand the like where they were getting it and whatnot. It was it was more of a rhetorical towards the. Oh, OK. The people. I, I got you. What, See, Bruce, what, what I always you? take it literally. Yeah. I always take it literally. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, the moment of uh, passion for me, if you will. So uh, another thing I want to point out real quick. Right. This is my my other favorite mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As of the 4th of August, they have a expanded travel ban order, whatever you want to call it. Really? For more states. Yes. Now, listen to these states and and tell me tell me what they have in common or, or territories, right? Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nebraska, uh, North Carolina, North Dakota, Nevada, Missouri, Oklahoma, Puerto Rico, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wisconsin. Now, what what a majority of those have in common with one another? The red states. The red states. Yeah, interesting that um, a a blue state, a blue mayor, is saying uh, travel from these red states is not okay. You now, notice they had to throw in, in there that aren't. Yeah, they had to throw a few in there to make it look like you know. Uh huh. They, they uh-huh. had to throw a few in there to make it look like well, uh, yeah, we we don't want to look too obvious. Of course, they had to throw California in there, right? Sure. Yeah. Of, of course. But uh, it's just, <laughs> Lori. This is the, the the other thing that Lori Lightfoot, right? This one, I, I I find hilarious. We were we were barred from basically um, doing anything, right? And the same in Chicago. You you couldn't do anything when everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go get your hair cut. You couldn't go out to eat. None of that stuff. Oh, she right? could. She could. Not only did she get her hair cut, but the um, beautician, whatever you want to call them, uh, was they were hugging and taking pictures together and uh, like, hello, the elite. Just because you're a mayor doesn't mean you're above us and elite and above the law and above your own regulations. I'm sorry. You should be the one following it the most stringent. 
So they're public uh, figures. Anyways. They're public figures, Bruce. They they right, appear right. in public. You know, they they're on TV. Uh-huh. They have to give interviews, so they have to look good. They have to keep up in a, a you know a good appearance, right? Because yeah, Bill De Blasio, you know, for example, he could still go to the gym, right? He could still do that. You couldn't, but I mean, he has to maintain his his health. Or or the Cuomo, you know, Cuomo brothers, right? When the the what was it, um, Chris that had uh, he had COVID, yeah, he had COVID, for a while. Yeah. He did. Uh huh. Yeah. And then it was okay for him when he was supposed to be under quarantine to go out and, um, you know, walk in the, the, the trails there and yell at other biker, you know, the, the, biker the fat tire biker. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. you know, and, and then that, like two days later, CNN did the, uh, the official coming out of the basement, you know, thing. Uh-huh. And you know what? Yeah. They didn't even, they're so bad at CNN. They didn't even bother to do a retraction. Yeah. They didn't. They they literally like lied to you right there. I mean, you've seen what happened. They they it, it's just this is all baffling. It just you know I heard something about the media one time, and I heard it from uh, from a guy that used to be a, a strategist for the uh, the Clintons, and he was a fixer, right? He, he was a he was a fixer for the for the Clinton campaign back in the day. So I mean, you can't work for them and not know all the dirt right behind the scenes. All those years that he did, the this is when they were at the state level, right? This is before they went to D.C. So this is when mm-hmm. uh, Bill was uh, governor of Arkansas, and so he was making a point about the media. And the media is exactly—I mean, it's exactly what he says. It's exactly what he says. They don't care, and we're not talking about one here, okay? We're we're not talking about one network. They're all like this, okay? All the mainstream medias, right? They're all like this. They don't care about reporting news to people anymore. These are once credible organizations that no longer have that that sway with people. They have them in the inner cities and to certain people sparsely populated here and there. I mean, if you look at the amount of people that watch these shows, it's a couple of million people. That's it. If that. And those are some of the highest rated shows like Tucker Carlson and, uh, and Rachel Maddow and a couple others. That's it. But Largely, they just want to have the glitz and the glam and be out there in the celebrities realm on the red carpets. That's what they want. The media, I mean, that's what they're going for. They don't care about reporting the news. They don't care about reporting facts to people. It's about ratings. It's about showbiz. That's what the mainstream media is. It's a business. It is a business. It's, it is a business. That's why when you look at these people that are up there on the uh, on the screens, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to be condescending here, but they look like reanimated corpses. Some of them, you know, they got so much makeup mm-hmm. on them. It's like it's it's just pathetic. And the the lights, right, the, the lights that are on them. It's like, what's his name? Roger Ailes, right? The guy that ran Fox News, the guy that created Fox News. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said one time, he says, it's not the news that makes the news. This is why you see all this on Fox News, right? It's not the news that makes the news. He believed that what made the news was bright lights and beautiful women. Mm-hmm. That's why every time you turn on Fox News, all you see on there is shoes and legs. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. You turn on that ridiculous farce that's on in the mornings, that Fox and Friends or whatever it is. That is the most milk toast fluff I've ever seen. It is disgusting. It's disgusting. I turn that crap on and I think the country's burning, you idiots. What are you doing? What are you doing? You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. But they're up there laughing and carrying on in their makeup and their suits and their nice cut and pripped hair. In the meantime, we're losing the country. Our cities are burning and we're paying attention to these frauds on the screen. 
we've got to snap out of that. Sex sells, right? I mean, that's what we see in uh, movies and 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 TV shows and whatnot, right? It, that's yeah. It, it's showbiz. It's, it's showbiz. It's showbiz. It's been that way for pretty much as long as we've had civilization. Uh, that's 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 what it's been. So yeah. Shameful, man. Shameful that we've fallen that far. It really is. It really is. It's like I, I know people that, of course, for all this COVID stuff, people go to the U.S. right from here. They travel back and forth, and they're always telling me, "Do you really watch that stuff over there? You call news?" And I'm like, "No." They said we were wanting to find something that was on TV. That's kind of telling us what's going on and you turn it on. It's like, this is not news. This is entertainment. This is, yeah, it's like, it's just not, there's nothing to it. There's no substance to it. You don't get any actual information from it. Yeah, they scratch the surface on a couple of things, but they're just a bunch of fake people, most of them. And they're they're restricted on what they can say. And it's, it's, it's quite sad. If you don't stand for something, if a network comes out, let's say you work for a network. I don't care which one, right? Pick your favorite. But if a network tells you what you can and cannot say... When it relates, I mean, you keep it within, you know, you, you keep it within boundaries. I, I get it. As far as, uh, you know, you don't want to go overboard. You don't want to swear. Okay. All right, fine. Right. I, I get that part. That's understandable. But if you can't say what you believe in with reason, then you're forced to change who you are and what you represent as a person to conform to an agenda for an institution. What does that say about you if you sell out to that? That's not me. I would never do something like that. I don't care if I would have to pass on a multi-million dollar deal. If I have to compromise who I am, what I stand for, to be that, that price is too high. We have to stand for something. We have to have conviction in what we stand for. And it's got to be true. You have to believe in yourself. These people that are out there, the ones that are burning down cities, the ones that are looting businesses, the ones that are on TV telling you it's peaceful and it's a good thing, they stand for nothing. We have to be better than that. For those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. We love hearing from you. Love getting all your feedback. Love getting all your comments, your echoes, your likes, your upvotes. You can follow me over there. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Would really love to hear from you. Get your feedback. Also, we would humbly ask you to recommend us to friends and family. We would really appreciate it if you would pass us along to them. We try to maintain a family atmosphere here, and we do talk about things that are kind of off the reservation a little bit. Uh, And we do hope that you like what you're hearing. Do hit that follow button. Do hit that subscribe button. Uh, And please do, if you can, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or whatever respective platform you listen to us on. For those that are looking for the platforms... If you're recommending us to someone, we're on just about everything. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbean, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on TuneIn, we're on iHeartRadio, Pandora, I think, I don't know if I said Pandora. We're also on Overcast, Stitcher, Deezer, Castro, CastBox, Listen Notes, all the major networks. And of course, a lot of side ones as well. If you could please give us a follow over there and subscribe to us, that would be great. That really helps us out a lot. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 